just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe Dillon and Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today we're going to be doing a very unique approach to today's episode. We're so close to the college football playoff, and instead of recounting and going over everything that you've watched a million times over, what happened with Michigan, Ohio State, what happened with Oregon, Oregon State, Florida, Florida State, all of those games, we thought it would be more fun to sit here and project how we think the college football playoff will play out based on the results that happened this past weekend. Sean, the Thanksgiving hangover is over. Back in the swing of things. I had a pretty good day betting. Pretty good day betting. I think it's a good time here to let our listeners know where they could bet during championship weekend. They like to have some uh, some similar success. Yeah, Friday was tremendous for college football wagering. Uh, thank you, Texas. Thank you, Tulane. Thank you, uh, UTSA. A lot of, lot of fun, good teams you could bet on and cover. Saturday was a disaster. Sunday, even worse. So mm-hmm. we're happy. It's fun to be able to have your little nest egg that you build up early in the college football week. So then you can ruin it all on Saturday and Sunday when I guess they just crank the shit up for no reason. Uh, and if you want to do that and feel these feelings that I'm feeling, head to bet online. It's your number mm-hmm. one destination for all your sports wagering information. It's the holiday season. We got a little bit of college football left. We have basketball tuning up, hockey tuning up, and the NFL playoffs are right around the corner. So get to the site today, bet online. And remember to use our promo code believe that's BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you, Sean. That was wonderful as always. Bowl season right around the corner. Time to start getting those bets in before those lines start moving. All right, Sean. As I said in the lead-in, the goal of today's episode, I think it'd be a fun exercise for us to do this, and I want to do this until we have that official college football playoff ranking, to talk about how we think this final ranking is going to be, how we feel everything should shape out, who we think are the top six teams, and more importantly, the four that play in the college football playoff. So I'm going to start off here. We're going to go in descending order, starting with the six teams, going all the way down to one. For me, I have Texas at number six. I I really think what they did against Texas Tech was nice. I just don't know if a win over Oklahoma State is really enough of a win to propel them. And with everything else that happens, even if Oregon beats Washington, even if um, you know, Florida State wins out, or maybe even if they lose, that's probably what they would need to happen. I don't know if that's enough for Texas to find their way in because that Oklahoma loss, it's fine. It's not great, but it's not good. In the same time, who else have they really beat? They've had a little bit of a cakewalk schedule since they beat Alabama, and that Alabama win might not look as sexy uh, after what happens in the SEC championship. I'm not going to take any slander of Big Ten being or Big 12 being cakewalk or cupcake or however it you want to deem it. It was cakewalk. It was equally as cakewalk as SEC this year, who were in an incredibly down year because we're lauding Mizzou. Okay. So don't hit me with that. And I know wait, wait, I know Mizzou's wait, got wait, stars wait. and they got playmakers, but we're not going to sit here and act like in a normal year, Mizzou's in the bottom half, not in the bottom half. Uh, so I'm not taking a Big Ten, Big 12 cakewalk slander. Wait, they uh, they beat Kansas State, who's one of the top three teams that was in the Big 12. Yeah, and Mizzou's probably a top four SEC team this year. If I'm doing top my three. Math. Yeah. It's Mizzou. Okay. It's at the, the team that I'm representing. 
dog water. LSU was dog. I'm not going to run through the entire conference. Yeah, they were very yeah, down yeah. this year. They were very okay. down this year. Uh, wait, I don't know. You were in that camp. I'm actually surprised. I didn't know that you were about in that my camp. camp. We'll get into my camp in a moment. Texas at six. Okay, so you don't have them getting bounced out entirely out to the outskirts of seven. Uh, no. My number six, unless I mean, you, you do have any thoughts. Uh, I mean, no. Well, who's your number six? And we'll kind of go back and forth here. My number six, Florida State. Really? So is that an anticipation that they lose to Louisville? Is I don't that what think you're going they beat with? Louisville? I don't wow. think they beat Louisville, which is unfortunate because Florida State has so much fun talent on both sides of the ball that I would be tremendously excited to watch how they do in a college football playoff. Even if they came in at four and played like Georgia, uh, it would still be fun to see them again on that stage. But no Jordan Travis. I think they lose to Louisville. Louisville is weird and goofy, and we can acknowledge that because they have odd losses and they you know, it's Louisville. But I think they beat Florida State. And unfortunately, Florida State, you are cursed with having to play in a championship game where you will get bounced from the CFP, in my opinion, due to having to play an extra game. If it ends today, they're undefeated. They're in top four. I can respect it. Uh, I, I like having the games matter. I like having undefeated teams earn their way from week one to week 14 or whatever, whatever the hell. Uh, but I'm taking uh, Florida State uh, losing to Louisville. See, I, I actually, after the the Florida Florida State game, I, I actually feel a little bit better about their situation, and here's why. I think that to go in a challenging, very hostile environment, the Swamp is one of the hardest places to, to win in college football, even when they have a down year. And understandably, they had a backup quarterback in. I know that Tate Rodemaker didn't play great, but to be able to throw him into that situation – to knock off the cobwebs a little bit to get yourself warmed up for Louisville and Louisville just pooped their pants against Kentucky. That was a, yep. just disturbing. That's just a classic it, poop your pants job. And I, I, you know, that's exactly what it is. Rademacher was better than expected. Also. I think that with the way that that defense play, like we watched and I tweeted this out, that Devin Leary interception that he threw, has to be one of the worst interceptions I've seen all, all season long. And somehow Louisville still managed to lose because their defense played like crap. I, I really don't think, that Louisville is going to be able to stop and contain Trey Benson. I don't think that they're going to be able to cover Keon Coleman or Johnny Wilson. I think that Roadmaker is going to feel comfortable coming into this situation. I don't know, man. With him, with them literally, literally trying to take his head off, I think that Louisville looks a much, much more of a comfortable situation that they're going to feel pretty good about themselves stepping into that matter. I, I'm, I'm not worried about any of the other talent on Florida State. I'm not. It's just the one guy and you're getting tough situation. You're getting thrown into the ACC championship game where they you're playing a good team, not a great team, but you're playing a good team that wants it. They're going to, they're going to come after him. I don't think he handles it that well. I just don't. So I, I think Florida state ends up losing and is stuck on the outside. All right. Ron's already, already on some shit here. <laughs> Uh, hey man, they'd be in the expanded playoff, but we're not gonna we're not here to do this. Uh, number five for me, Sean, it's Washington. I'm I'm sorry, Big Iron. I I know that I've been on in on Washington the entire season, but when you're a team that's this lucky, I think that eventually the luck runs out. We saw this, and I've you're compared a Washington. You're wait, a coward. Wait, wait, wait. You called wait. them Magic Team. Magic Team makes the top four. Wait, well, no, but here here's what I was just about to say. What happened last year in the Big 12 championship game? TCU lost. Their luck just... <laughs> Did you throw that up on the screen? Yeah, of course. 
they just barely lost at the end there. At the very end, they lost to Kansas State. It was a crazy, crazy, crazy ending. And the luck was just a little bit short for them. That was in a year where there were a lot more opportunities. <laughs> there were a lot more opportunities. I don't like that you you you're you're, you're controlling. Oh, I got full autonomy, brother. I got um, full autonomy. I, I, my point is here is that I think that the way that they played against Washington State has some concern for me, and the way that they played against Oregon State was a little bit concerning. I think that Oregon is really peaking right now, and they have looked past and really fix their mistakes. If they win that game in a year where it's highly contested like this, there are too many options out there for this fourth spot in the playoff in the committee uh, for the committee to put in with all these options. It's going to be so hard for a one loss Washington team to get placed in here. There's certainly an argument for it. There's certainly a debate for it. I just think that there's just too many options that a one loss Texas team is going to be in the debate. A one loss Florida state team. If they lose is going to be in the debate. And then on top of that, you can't put Oregon in ahead of them because they just beat them. So I, I don't know. Yeah. The right. uh, look, I think it's a little bit cowardly uh, because magic team going to magic and they, they pulled off magic, but they also, and, and I know that the, there, there's only so much sand left in the um, stupid jar that sand drops down in. Uh, there's only so much sand left in that. Uh, and I don't know how much magic is left, but we have to reward their ability to coach with balls and to make the correct decisions. The fourth and one call, Joe, I've never seen a, a coach say, I'm putting the entire season in jeopardy on my own. That was a great line. call. And By the way, that was it, a great call. I jumped up out of the couch and I, yeah. I literally, I'm like, look at this creativity. Look at the dude that's not going to do the push. That's not going to do a screen, a God effing screen. Uh, it was a great call. I loved it. I loved everything about I, it. I, I got to be and, honest. And, I've never seen any, but not to cut you off. I've never, that is one of the most unique end arounds that you could have possibly called. Cause normally the stupid shit that we see that always gets stopped yeah. is that you just run the end around and you see the guy coming. It's like, Oh, there he is. Go get him. You know, you know, see ball, chase ball. And then he gets stopped because everyone's pressed up. But you diverted so much attention. I thought that I was an amazing it. call. I thought it was genius, and he knows how to win games. He's not just – he knows how to win a football game. He knows when he needs it. DeBoer is in touch with the game. And then, unfortunately, the last three plays, it looked as if he didn't know how to win a football game because oh they God. took three shots to the end zone in double and triple coverage. All three could have been picked if I don't re if I recall properly. What was that? Kick the field goal. I know the kicker, but he missed two. Well, wait, wait, wait. More importantly, was... you had a timeout. Why don't you just run the ball? See if you can pick up some yard. I that made no sense. It me. was baffling. I don't know if he got trigger happy. I'm not sure the situation. Uh, Washington at five, though. I don't know if I. You know, you're not going to get a lot of love for that, though. Well, yeah, because we've both been in on Washington. So, and, and I'm sorry, Big Iron. Look, you, I mean, he, me and him have DM'd back and forth when he's been at the games. Look, I love Washington. I am rooting for them to beat Oregon. I just, I'm a little wary, and I think that Oregon gets them the second time around because it's so hard to beat a good team twice. But if that ends up happening, it's just going to be such a hard debate. And the committee doesn't want to put themselves in this position to throw two Pac-12 teams in. I, I think that they're going to pull some shit and try to keep one of them out. It's bold of you to say that. Uh, I guess I'll get my number five now. Yeah, who you got? Washington. 
Okay, so now we can move on. I yeah, uh, now yeah, I was thinking out, to myself midway through that. <laughs> like, wait, you debated me. All right, okay. Why do you think that that happens? Why do you think because that I, that I, you debated me? You literally just <laughs> you just sat there and argued with me. What Welcome do you? The long con, brother. You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's all the devil's advocate, basically. I just decided to say to, to play it without playing it. I don't think Washington beats Oregon. It was down. <laughs> it was it was down to that the wire nice. in, in their first matchup, uh, and Oregon just looks so sharp. Knowing Oregon, they're ready to they're you know they're ready to piss their pants a little bit. We'll see what happens, but they are. I mean, Oregon's just they're so sharp right now. Washington squeaking squeaking by i know when these two teams play each other a lot of that gets thrown out of the window but there's not going to be two pack 12 teams in the in the cfp there just won't be washington just on the outs phenomenal offense give Penix the heisman whatever but you you just can't have two pack 12 teams in there when there hasn't been a pack 12 team in the cfp in seven mm-hmm. years it just it, it can't happen I, I, that's kind of, it sounds like you and I are agreeing with the same logic here. I, I, I kind of think that uh, that's not going to happen. So we're not even going to entertain that thought. It's we both irritant. That's an irritant. Ron, honestly, I respect the energy. I respect that you always come in here just saying shit. Uh, and, and it's, it's good. The comment section remains very active because uh, you're throwing that out there, but it sounds like you and I are on the same page here. It is just too hard to for them to justify two one loss Pac-12 teams. And yeah, I, I think that the problem is there's probably going to be three undefeated teams. That's kind of what's stemming with all if this. there is, then they're all in, and I'm cool with it. Right. If there is, and I'm completely cool with it. This is how I see it going down, though. My number four, and we just uh, set up the table for this. I think that Florida State runs the table and goes mm-hmm. undefeated. I think that the committee takes into account some skepticism, not only for their quarterback situation. But at the same time, the resume is not super sexy. It's not the most sexy resume. They beat the LSU, ACC. which is a good yeah. – It's the yeah, it's the ACC. Like, what's their second best win? Clemson? Who's Clemson. ranked? Miami's probably third on there. There's just – it's a really slippery slope as we go down and talk about some of their, their wins because they don't have a lot of great ones. Some people might bring to the table the Boston College game. Allegedly, they were dealing with the flu, so I'm going to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt there. I think that they run the table, go undefeated, but I think that the committee is going to be more juiced up about a different team and puts them at number three, which our listeners could probably anticipate where I'm going with this. I think that they do the committee bit of getting really in on a team if they win and moving them ahead of the team that I have here at four. Uh, Yeah, Florida State has everything to win by winning this game. So... Maybe that gets them over the hump. I personally don't think it happens, but I'm acknowledging uh, that there is a strong chance. It's a tough six. This is a tough six to make and hash out because there's a lot of different. I realize I don't even have Ohio State in this, by the way. I'm now realizing that I don't have Not to bury the lead, but sorry. You can't lose that game. Uh, Yeah, it's tough. Florida State being on the outs is tough because they can so easily jump ball, jump ball if they win, they're in, uh, which is impressive. My number four, uh, Texas. I think they sneak in. I think they get it, and mm. uh, they beat Alabama. Sorry, that game mattered, and I don't care how mu- how much better Jalen Milrow's gotten since then. They beat them then, and that's it. Does matter to me. I have to respect that, and they faced the best Oklahoma's played all year. 
Let, let me ask you this though: Does do you have the same logic if Alabama just gets completely, which I think is going to happen, if they get completely piped down by Georgia? Do you do you still maintain that same logic? Yes, I do. The, I, okay. Georgia, Georgia is a different being to me. They're just different, and we, I'm weigh, I'm weighing them different because they're so dominant, and I've seen it. Alabama as impressive of a coaching job that Nick Saban and that staff has done this season to turn it around, turn it around, get them in the sec championship when everybody was writing them off, including myself. And I'll admit that in September, turn it around, make Jalen Milrow look like a, a, a certified G at the gangs, uh, at the gangster position at the quarterback position. Like he's a gangster ass gangster at the quarterback position also. I mean, it's just the throw gangster ass gangster at the gangster position. Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's impressive, but they didn't beat Texas. So Texas has to be in for me. I mean, Texas could still fold. Trust me. They could still blow it somehow, but, but I'm weighing that heavily. I'm going to respect, I, I I'm going to respect that win. I don't hate it. And I think that there is the de- the argument to be had, but here's the one reason why I don't I don't love it, and why I well, I, I don't love it either. I don't do want it. Texas fans on my side. Right. Here's the thing, though. You're basically, and a second ago, you just down completely down spoke on. If I don't think that's a word, you completely poo pooed the SEC. Oh sure, yeah. Of course I just I made it a word. Yeah. You poo pooed the SEC, but then if we really think about this with Texas they've earned the fourth spot with their mediocre schedule simply because they beat an SEC team. That's kind of, that, that's three. why I don't like that. They're one of the three that they needed to beat. It's, it's similar to the big 10. Also, if you beat Penn state, Ohio state or Michigan, then you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to get a little bit of favor and you're, go, you're going to get that with me. They beat one of the three and I, is the LS, how, how are we grading the LSU win for Florida state? LSU stinks uh, like that. That's but we still know LSU well, is a good program, but they're not at that same level. But I'm not going to take them away from being a top five SEC team. The, it's just that the bottom twelve is terrible. The difference between the two, though, is that Florida State's undefeated, and right now Texas is likely only only going to have a singular ranked victory. I, I mean, I actually I guess some of the polls have Kansas and Kansas State ranked and. I just don't know how impressive those wins are. And yes, they get the Oklahoma State win, but then I would argue if Oklahoma State loses this game, they might end up needing to bump back a little bit. I I, I just, that resume is just very murky for me. I think if there's a conference that outside of their, I mean, actually, let's, I'd let's like keep playing with ourselves. The Big 12 I, after Texas is pretty crap. I'm not saying it's wrong. I would like to see Oregon and Washington in it, but that can't happen. It just can't. And I'm not going to reward the SEC by having two of their teams in it with such a piss poor year. They didn't flex on anybody. Georgia did. Alabama Fair. squeaks by. I'm not going to reward them for having it. The Pac-12 should be rewarded. They had a great year. Yeah. One team in the Big Ten should be rewarded. That one team had a great year. I I, I actually <laughs> I actually would Which, go it's ahead even and even in flux if they had a great year. I actually will go ahead and say this, Sean. I would rather put in Ohio State without a conference championship than Texas with one because I still think that Ohio State has a good resume. 
I'm not. I, oh my god. I I Ohio State lost me. They lost me. They had all year. They beaten they've beaten Notre Dame and they've also beaten um they beat Notre Dame. They beat Penn State. Those are highly ranked teams. Penn State stinks. You and I know that. And they beat Notre Dame. It's basically like beating Tulane. All right. So oh, that, no, that, don't, right. don't, and don't. I think don't Tulane start, could beat, and I'm not even getting under your skin. Start. I think Tulane could beat Notre Dame. Uh, they they looked good. Look, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Ohio State did not impress me. Kyle McCord did not impress me. Ryan Day is not a big game coach. He had a great big game last yeah, year. Wait, 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 yeah, what about last year? What about last CJ year? CJ Stroud. And CJ Stroud is unfortunately providing us with more information, seeing his success in the NFL. That's on uh, right now. We he, uh, day has been outed because Stroud is so successful, and it looks like a little bit of a. Ugh, how much was it? Because he put the team on his back. Ryan Day didn't call a great game. He called a, 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 a CJ Stroud played an excellent game. Called a good game, but yeah. that's one big game. You can't beat Michigan. You can't. You can't make it. Sorry. That, that's a fair. That's actually a very fair point. I think that we do need to give more credit to CJ Stroud. Instead, we were questioning if CJ Stroud was just playing in a friendly system, and that's clearly I, yeah, not the case. CJ Stroud has actually made me reevaluate a lot of things about how I'm looking at prospects. Just a lot of things. Tra- not even traits or, or any, it just. He, he's kind of given me the opposite of Markel Fultz. When I I, I remember being down on Markel Fultz because he never won in college, and then. I'm like, all right, so what happens in the NBA? He's just going to start automatically winning against the professionals? He's going to start showing up in the big-time games? No, that's not how it works. CJ Stroud showed uh, up in the big-time game against a basically pro team. What uh, – is that a new hat, or have you worn that? Uh, I've had it. I, I'm, 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 the white one's getting a little dirty, the white Vols hat. Uh, I got this one in the same batch. I've wanted to buy one. Of the, I really like that design. There's a – there's a Official design team that, store. It wasn't even like an outside. Yeah. I know you, you got your thing. 47 the, brand copied that design with like the very official, like the, the times new Roman ish font thing kind of thing going it's on. Just, there. I just like, it's a classic hat. Classic hats yeah. are better than normal hats. Okay. Up to number three here. My number three team is Oregon. And I just kind of mm-hmm. set the stage for this. I, I think that even though Florida state goes undefeated, the committee always does this. There's always like one team that they just get super hyped up on because they had a really nice stretch to the final season. And, and we're going to talk about this later in our other thoughts segment. There has been some serious glazing going on with this Oregon team just in general. I have never seen a team be more hyped up over doing like the bare minimum. It's like that one kid that we all played football with or, or played sports with that like he just kind of showed up and did like enough and the coaches all loved him. And they just like, all you heard from the sure. parents, like, Oh, he's going to go on to play college sports. He's going to be so good. And then he just never did anything. And you were never really impressed by him because he was getting glazed for no reason. That's the kind of the vibe I get from Oregon. And I think that naturally that same thing will happen for them as well. My own personal opinion I think that Oregon, some of that support for them is justified. They're very well-rounded. They run the ball really well. They throw the ball really well. Their defense makes a ton of plays. Their defensive line is very physical. They're Georgia junior. I know that that's really cliche to say. They're built like Georgia. They're just a couple years away from actually being up to the standard of Georgia. They're like what Georgia was a couple years before they were on this massive run. That's the vibe that I get from them. But because they're in an easier conference – they're now in this position to be the third team in the college football playoff. 
It's fine. That's fine. You have Oregon in yours uh, at three. I still think that they beat Washington and make it. Uh, my number three, Michigan. Oh, you bump them up to two then? Well, that's not. Well, I guess technically we know who's one. Yeah, I have Oregon at two and Michigan at three. Okay, let's talk about Oregon before we get to Michigan. Okay, yeah, Oregon deserve if if and this is just speculation of <laughs> big irons losing it. His last basket of hope is just let him down again. <laughs> I know. I'm still trying I know to figure out what his profile picture is. Is that SpongeBob with a with a an assault rifle? I can't look. I think it's a minion. I can't zoom in on it right now. Oh, that's even better. Either one is great. The, <laughs> this is speculation that Oregon will beat Washington. That's what it is. And if they do, congratulations. You did it. You beat the unbeaten team. Uh, you won the Pac-12. You showed me everything you needed to show me. Bo Nix looks like a stud. The defense flies around. The skill position players, uh, they look great. So, yeah, I, I think Oregon, number two. And they fought through a harder more challenging conference, top to bottom. I'm not saying they didn't beat some dogs. I'm not saying that they didn't go out and beat some scales, but they did exactly what they needed to do. And if they beat Washington, I would put them at two in my top four. Michigan beat two teams, though. They beat two teams. Here's the problem, though, and why I don't. This is one of the few that I don't think that there actually is an argument for, and one of the few that I actually like really disagree with, because at the end of the day, Oregon has less ranked wins than Washington does off the top of my head because Washington has the benefit of saying that they've beaten Oregon State. They've uh, they've beaten Arizona. They have beaten Utah, who might end up getting bumped. But they still have more ranked wins than Oregon. Oregon has had the easier schedule. I also don't think, most importantly, I can't justify putting Oregon ahead of Michigan, who is undefeated. And frankly, I can. besides a, a singular game, the only game, they have one game that they looked bad in, and that was against Maryland. I think that Oregon's been shaky in, in a couple of games. They were shaky against Washington, and they lost. And then they were very shaky against Texas Tech, who is dog water. The, Texas Tech is is a very, very mediocre Big 12 team, and that early in the season, that needs to be acknowledged. Michigan's blown through everybody that they've played. And I know that the score is very close against Ohio State, and Penn State, but if you watch that football game, we know that they out-physical both of those programs that are built with really good offensive and defensive lines. They showed up, put their nuts on the table, and they punched their opponents in the mouth every single game. I, I got to acknowledge that, that that team, even though J.J. McCarthy... It's a very tough team. I'm saying, I'll, I'll acknowledge it's a very tough team and probably the seven, second toughest in the nation. I, I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But Oregon ha- has taken care of the Pac-12 with the exception of a couple dumbass plays in that Washington game. They smoked Washington State by 14. They, they ran over Oregon State. Uh, they, Joe, they beat Oregon State by 24 points. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, one could argue, is it not a distracted Oregon State team? Oh, God, who cares? They want to kill Oregon. Oregon's leaving. They're deserting. They want to crush them in the, in the little fine dust. Yeah, but but your head coach is also doing the same shit that Oregon's doing. He's dipping for the Big Ten. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like the coach situation thing is always a tough, tough, tough Joe, out. They, no they beat what. Utah. They beat, they beat October Utah when they were still really in the mix. They gave, they gave up six points to them. Put 35 on that defense. They don't show fear. Oregon doesn't show fear. I love that about them. Michigan doesn't either. Michigan doesn't either. Michigan's very tough. But the Big Ten sucks. 
The Big Ten West is a joke. And also, I'm going to weigh in the championship game on this one because I can. They have to beat Iowa. Oregon has to beat Washington. I'm weighing that big time. That's another cupcake cupcake game for Michigan. Oregon's got to go to war again. They're still undefeated, though. And we have to appreciate and recognize undefeated with them. I do not care. They forever will be a team that, albeit, yeah, their schedule is a little bit light. But the eye test is the eye test. I, I, they have I respect bulldozed. the Dude, Corum's great. The offensive line was great. When Zach Zinter went down, the right guard came in, and I was watching him the whole time. That's who I keyed in on. They actually moved the right tackle at the right guard position. They didn't miss a beat. I love that. Wait, that which, by the way, they should have done that. Well they should have done that. He should have been playing right moved. guard the whole time. Yeah, that guy is not a tackle. I think bef- he was previously a guard where he transferred. Uh, he looked great. He looked 52, looked great in there. He was in his phone. He was in his phone booth. He could reach yeah. fine. He wasn't getting pushed back. He just can't get to the edge. That's tough. He can't. He, he's getting beat around the edge too much. That had has to be one of the worst coaching decisions, not putting that kid at guard. And I think that he transferred in with the, you know, with, with that. I should know uh, his name because he's for? one of the eight Michigan linemen expected to go to the NFL on the roster currently. Who said was that? Who said that? Somebody that said is that last week. You said and that I to thought, me. I had an ass yeah, Someone statement. said that. I, I was losing my mind, but it looked good. At least their sixth guy filled in well. I, I think that that sixth guy looked great. They're great at right tackle. We, we've talked about we've talked about Michigan and Oregon to a pretty good extent. Actually, wait. I want to really quickly. Uh, is it Carson Barnhart? Barnhart fifty two. Yeah, that's who you're talking about, right? You're Carson Barnyard. <laughs> and I'm thinking of somebody else. Who are you thinking of? I don't know who I'm thinking of. The guy who struggled against Penn State. He's 52. from Paw Paw, Michigan, right by the way. He was the right tackle. I'm going to figure this out after. I'm not going to sit here. Why am I, yeah, why am I not, not, I'm not getting believed? I remember tweeting out 52 is going to have a long day. When no, you're Carter right. Blasted him. The number one team, though, there's no debate. And I think that it's pretty clear that this team, even though that like yesterday wasn't great, I we have to acknowledge here. Blake didn't want to give me acknowledgement of this, and he and him started arguing over this. Alabama. They, they treated oh. the Georgia Tech game like it was the like week 18 in the NFL. You know, they kept things really simple and they just kind of played their game and did whatever they did to just get out, get out of there with the win. They didn't really care what the final outcome was as long as they didn't lose that football game. They were pretty heavily in control. Yeah. They're going to boat race Alabama, and we're just going to be reminded yet again that this is the best team in the country. They're going to dog them. They are going to make Alabama look bad and look silly. Uh, what happens in the game? I don't know. Melrose runs for a touchdown, throws for one, picked off twice. Uh, they Alabama can't get the ground game going. Uh, and the Alabama doesn't have the outside stars that they normally do that can victimize good defenses, you know, you put, you put Marvin Harrison Jr. on Alabama. It's a different story. You put, you put Luther bird on Alabama. It's a different story, but they don't have a true weapon on that offense outside of Milrow when he starts running or throws it from 45 yards out into a corner of the end zone, yeah. uh, which is phenomenal. And I, I will continue to give him credit for that because there wasn't a, a particle of air left in the room when all of us were watching that game. It was phenomenal. Spectacular theater. It doesn't matter. There's going to be plenty of air in the room when they're playing Georgia. No one's going to be taken aback. It's going to be a boat race. Georgia is going to dot them up. I mean, we got to remember 
what happened last year during the SEC championship game and the national championship. They're one of those teams that spark any doubt in them. They show up for the most important games of the season and they show up pissed off and angry. If LSU last year, which was far more balanced and offensively potent than this Alabama team, if they got boat raced the way that they did, we got to acknowledge that Georgia is about to put a, you know, put a, ass whooping on on alabama they just got away with one against auburn and we have to note not nick saban like but the sloppiest uh execution in the last five minutes not a saban coach team that's not saban coach teams look like michigan trying to close the game out i'll give credit for that that's michigan's strongest aspect if they have a lead they're going to close it out on your ass uh Mm -hmm. getting there is a little tough their quarterback's a little tough but Alabama looks so sloppy down the stretch. Penalties, uh, uh, dumb plays, bad decisions. What, uh, why did the didn't the ref get punched and they didn't stop the game? Taking it, take it. It was just a mess. It was a, an entire mess made up for by a miracle play. They almost lost to Auburn. They should have lost to Auburn. They did lose to Auburn, and then somehow. The football ended up in Alabama receiver's hands while he was single covered in the end zone 50 yards away. It's a miracle. It's a miracle, but they lost to Auburn. They're not on my list. They're going to get dicked down by. They move to like 10 for me. Oh, yeah. They're probably right in front of Mizzou. Yeah, probably to AI because I put Ohio State at seven, and then yeah, you, you I got know, yeah, just a, know, just like um other thoughts from the weekend. Uh, the first one we got to talk about Bo Nix and the glazing that that happened. Uh, Brock Heward, I believe, is the color commentator for Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit, man! Holy shit! It was every other play that he made. He could throw a check down pass to the sideline. Look at the ball placement. This is a, a mix between Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. What the fuck, man? What the what the actual F? What I really question. I'm not gonna go in on, on Brock Heward. I, I don't want to do that. I don't like going in on other analysts, but that was insane to make those comparisons and to make some of those statements about Bo Nix. Bo Nix has been good. And he has made some really nice, important plays for the success of, of Oregon this year. And he's a reason why they're still in the conversation because offensively, he does make some really nice throws. His ball placement's phenomenal. He, he yeah. can place the ball in some really difficult spots, which is why they are so consistently good. But Jesus Christ, man, Here. he's not as good as you're making him out to be. You're painting him as if he's the greatest quarterback in college football history. The guy started 60 games or whatever it was. Of course he's going to be more accurate and consistent when he was a five-star recruit. Of course, it would take him this long. He's in his third year in the NFL in terms of the amount of time that he's played. Of course, it's all freaking clicking for him. And he's playing against 19-year-olds. Back it down, Brock. It's unbelievable. Here's uh okay, okay. Let me provide a little bit of clarity. Really, the only defense I have for this. You know how I say you just be saying shit? Yeah. Because you do. Okay. Color commentators and analysts, they just be saying something because they need to. That's their job. Uh, so if it's a dud game, they no, just no, be no, saying no, no, something. No. 
All right, because no, no, that's no, different no. than just saying no. shit. They need to say something because play. There's no play by play, play by play needed. You know, when when they're just lining up or, or in between plays, so the analyst has to just come in and say something. That's not something. No, that's something. That's you taking it talk over about the top. The, okay, it maybe is taking it over the top, but at this point, I have to assume, just in general, right? I've made a play by play bracket before or a card or whatever it is. And, you know, you, you script it out. And, and then what they have, what I have to assume, aside from a producer in their ear uh, who has filled them in on the top storylines, I'm almost certain it's written down on their game cards. If you need to talk about something in this game, number one, Bo Nix. Number two, Oregon's matchup against Washington next week. Number three, what fill in fill Talk in about his Heisman match. chances? I don't that's in there. That's in, in there guy. also. Oh my god, he's got to say something, Joe. Talk about why he deserves to win the Heisman. Comparing him to a mix between one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL and one of the most um, imp- not impulsive, not the right word, instinctive quarterbacks in the NFL. That's unnatural. He's not either on their level in either of those trait fields. Is he accurate and does he get the ball out quick? Yes. What's he does accurate? He the, shut the hell up. Does he have the potential to be a top 15 quarterback in the NFL? Is he a better prospect than Kenny Pickett was? Absolutely to all sure. of those things. But to compare him to – he basically he basically formed the greatest quarterback to play college football and then enter, to enter the NFL with that comparison that that statement was made. That's Look, they're trying to get people up for the Heisman. They're trying to get people going for the CFP. You're not going to talk about the 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 second string defensive tackle that just came in off a rotation uh, from Des Moines. All right, where did he go to high school? We don't care at this point in the season. We care in week two. Oh, what he went to? He went to Brickfield. Oh, okay. I knew. Didn't you know somebody from Brickfield? No. Okay. We don't care about that right now. We care about Heisman. We care about the big quarterbacks with the the big arm and that are making the plays. So I, I'm not, I'm with you. The glazing in the NFL has gotten above and beyond. I almost yeah. at times can't, can't listen. I, or I just completely tune out, but uh, college, I got to give them a little bit of a leeway there. Um, a little bit more of a fun one. So I tweeted this out. Um, very stupid comment that I had on it, but Jeff Lebby had one of the best, end game celebrations possible. So they beat UTEP. UTEP goes on to fire their coach, which is just even funnier to the whole situation. Uh, Jamie Chadwell hires for his Liberty football team going undefeated pays for a mariachi band to show up to the locker room and to perform for his team. I I think that's awesome. I need more stupid. I I need more stupid shit like this to happen. I, I love the creativity, the creativity to say we're in Texas, El Paso. Can somebody call and find the nearest mariachi band for hire that's willing to show up in a locker room and play my mouth might have been agape if i was in that locker room and i would have been completely dumbfounded by that decision but that's hype that gets me i'd have the best time of my life and you know what these dumb coaches with all their big bloated salaries and buyouts you should be buying mariachi bands for your players after they win they work hard for the win get the mariachi going i mean do you know how much better the post-game shower would have been after a win if there was mariachi playing. If there was any, any, it would help any instance of post-game. It would get everybody fired up about the night. It, it just immediate better mood. Uh, it's it's a great, great plan. 
I remember I had a, I had a kid I trained with in high school. Uh, he ended up going to Rutgers and like his first year there, the program hired like Migos for a private concert. I don't know if it was in like the coach's backyard or I, I, it was somewhere. And I'm like, this is great. Chris Ash pulled that off at Rutgers. I don't know. It was in like 2017, 2016 or 2017. I remember seeing Honestly, that. Honestly, like, I wouldn't be interested in that. I'd be more interested in the mariachi band. Uh, well, we, the, you know, I, I think I, I have equal interest for both or I would have had equal interest, you know, RIP take, but it's uh, it, it's definitely it, coaches doing cool things. It seems rare because there's so often jackasses that you're like, oh, there's a guy that, you know, is doing something nice. He's throwing the pizza party. He's not just saying see you after the holidays. Everyone remembers the pizza party lady, uh, the pizza party teacher, Miss Mitchell, fourth grade pizza party, liked it. She's very nice. Uh, so we, everyone remembers him. You, Nobody are you remembers comparing the, this to a pizza party. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying everyone remembers the coach or the or whoever that that's going to go a little bit above and beyond to celebrate a good thing. So I like that. We don't have to come into school for two weeks. I I'll remember that I get some pizza party and some some Coca Cola and I, I get to go you know running around. It's a good day. Good day. Good for the mariachi man too. I I just think it's a a true football guy move because I, I mean at the end of the day. Sure, there are so many different backgrounds and personalities in football locker rooms, but we're all just big idiots wearing wearing pads, man. Yeah. We all think stuff like that's funny. It's and just, I appreciate that Chadwell's like, this would be hilarious, and my team is going to think that this is funny and appreciate it. I, again, if we'll, if Coach Flem did that, I would lose my mind. If, if Coach Donnie Flem brought a mariachi in, band, oh my god! Well, even then, like even the little things. There was a when we got to play dodgeball at the end of winter training. It was the yeah. best. It's the best. The little things make the big difference, and, and you know, and then you get and then you get some favorable nods afterwards. If we didn't, if we didn't play dodgeball and Donnie didn't find those soccer balls or whatever that he he had, and we actually had to train and we didn't get to play dodgeball that season, I was going to be royally pissed. I might have called a meeting. I might have had a players only meeting, saying we need what? to get this going. Because you know me, Mr. Rocket Arm, I never get to throw a ball on the field, but I get yeah, to, yeah. To and of course, uh, Murph, talk, Mr. Who am I? Murph, Murph is just a better athlete than me. I gotta admit it. Mr. I the team rallied him. around around you, also as well. That's the you know, the team rallied around me in dodgeball. That's for sure. <laughs> a fair I was point. like a first round pick. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, actually, I don't even know where I was going with that transition. Uh, you sent me something that I completely missed on Thursday, and appreciate oh, yeah. you bringing this to my attention. So former Ole Miss quarterback Bo Wallace got into a fight with Strange Brew Coffeehouse. Strange Brew Coffeehouse tweeted, make sure you don't fall and burst your face there again, sunshine. Quote tweeting Bo Wallace. Bo Wallace says section 23 in response to that. He also said, um, you're at a football game tweeting at Coffeehouse is what the Coffeehouse said. I'm getting to you. Bo Wallace says, yeah, I'm at a game in section 23. Seat 28 proves my point. People talk on Twitter, but won't roll up. You didn't mention the row uh, is what the coffee house said. If I hop on the brew jet and fly over, I'll at least need the row. Row 40 is the response that Bo Wallace has. I mean, if you're going to be a, a rinky dink little coffee house and you're going to talk shit like that, you got to back it up. You can't say some corny ass thing. I'm going to hop on my jet and fly on over there. You got to tell me the row. No, man, Bo Wallace was going to throw hands with whatever dorky little social uh, media intern rolled up and thought that he was being funny. 
social media teams, the evolution of them has been very interesting because they all hire people off of Twitter. And um, that's brutal. Look, <laughs> oh, maybe, you know, it is what it is there. The Egg Bowl's odd. The people have a lot of emotion attached to the Egg Bowl. And the last thing they want to hear about it when you're involved in Egg Bowl shenanigans is from a, a company Twitter account. That's a lot. If it's a person, if it's just somebody talking shit, dogs fan 94 talking tr- trash to you. Yeah. Remember what we did. That's different. That's a, that's a dude talking trash. We, but corporate involvement has a little bit or company involvement has a little more embarrassment to it. Cause like, what meeting did you take to place this tweet? Who, who gave you clear? So this has gone through the channels. Like, like, like and to come after no, there me, was, there, there you was get no on the chain of command. There was no chain of command. This is, I, I don't even know what this coffee house is. I'm sure it's not big enough for it to, this is just some dopey dipshit that thought he was being funny and that he was going to quote tweet him and didn't think that Bo Wallace was going to provide where his seat is. That's what I think. This I don't think he targeted. checked with anyone. I think he just said, oh, this could be funny. I think I'll provide some clarity afterwards. He checked with somebody. There is many meetings about many posts and many engagements and all of this. And I know you've been in meetings similar. They wanted the run. They wanted the response and they got it. And as somebody, as just a citizen talking to the coffee shop, Twitter account, talking to the Amazon Twitter account. Hey, Amazon, your broadcasts have been dark all year. Your cameras aren't good enough. They're not well lit. Don't respond to me. Fix it. I, there's no setting I could turn on my TV to, to increase the brightness or the contrast. Fix your cameras. I've been going through this. I'm on Bo Wallace's side. Amazon, I'll give you my address. Now I know Show why you... Up. I'm going to order two why. pairs you, of boxing just... gloves uh, tonight. And I, I'm going to put... Um, they're going to get delivered. I'm going to put them on. And I'm going to hand the other set to the driver. And we're going to have it out in my back. In, in you the can't back fight parking. the driver. The, the driver is... Unfortunately, uh, I got to... I, I, here are the gloves, man. You can't take it out on some poor guy that's got nothing to do with what's happening. What are you doing? What are you Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Uh, I got to get you gotta go up the chain. I got to get ground level. Ground yeah, you got to go up the chain. I'm to say guerrilla warfare. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting down nitty gritty bluegrass. I'm tired of the like a warehouse manager or something. That's what that's the direction that you got to go. I, think I actually do know him, but warehouse manager. I knew somebody that was also a warehouse manager, too. He no longer no longer works. I'm going to order two sets of boxing gloves two mouthpieces and two sets of headgear and that's what it's going to be an unfilmed parking lot fight you're going to wait at the door and then the the amazon guy is going to be there and he's like oh how's it going and you're going to be like hand me the box you're going to open open the box while he's still standing there and you're going to throw the gloves at him that's uh that poor guy man that guy's that guy's been holding in his piss for five hours and you're just going to beat the shit out of him i actually know i'm actually starting to think about it i know a couple fedex drivers that would beat the hell out of me it just true just my personal life Look, yeah, I think you're overestimating. You're fighting the wrong people. You you gotta fight the corporate dorks. Well, I maybe I get into it. Maybe this gets enough run where I could get to the corporate dorks and they could fix their broadcast. Why is it so dark, Joe? It's not that hard. So I think you just have a bad TV. You get it bad. No, 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 because they're not as dark from the early 2000s. It's always it's always Thursdays where it's like pitch black on the TV. Get a new TV. At Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. Sanderson Radio. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on wherever you tune in on podcasts or on the video. We'll be back 
later this week, talking FCS, FBS, all that stuff, you name it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.